And we're back with part two of Anxiety with Aaron. And we realize that we left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger there. <laughs> and we're going to complete that and kind of tie some bows on this um, anxiety conversation today. So, Aaron, we are all dying to find out <laughs> what is the thing that totally just changed the game for you when it comes to kind of treating your own anxiety. Um, I wish it was something super exciting, but it's actually something I have you to thank for, um, because there was, you know, a stretch where I was not sleeping and it was very, very terrible. Anyway, the nightly routine that I stick to before I go to bed has had such an impact on my life and it's nothing special. I don't do anything weird <laughs> or crazy. It's just a, a certain time of night. You know, a certain time of night rolls around, and I start to get that drowsy feeling, and I get up, and I just do my routine. It's this, then this, then this, then this, then I get into bed. Do and you I'm, care to tell us a little bit more about what that is? It doesn't have to be specifics, but just, like, general, like, how long does it take? Like, maybe some things that mm -hmm. you would do or recommend? Um, it's usually, like, probably, like, 30 minutes from start to finish, so it'll be brush my teeth, take my contacts out, wash my face, skincare routine, very yes, important. Yes. Skincare routine. Um, I get my bag ready for work the next day. Yes. I. Um, I mean, it sounds like what you're describing though is that even though they're like normal things that everybody does, you make it a ritual and you kind of make it this sacred. It ritual happens that at the like, same time every night. Yeah. Right, and that you have to do it and. When you start a ritual, what you're really doing is starting like a habit cycle. Mm -hmm. So you get up, maybe that first thing is getting up off the couch, but then the rest of the habit cycle is initiated. Mm -hmm. Then you brush your teeth. Then you take out your contacts. Then you wash your face. Then maybe you get a book. Then you find the most comfortable place in your bed. Then mm -hmm. you read for 20 minutes. Then you maybe yeah. write down your anxieties for the day before or for the next day or, you know, and just yeah. kind of put them aside. So... There's lots of different ways that you can create this bedtime routine. And I think what you're describing, too, covers a lot of it of, like, get what you need to take care of taken care of. Yeah. Your bag for the next day. Yeah. Pack your lunch. There's just... Set out your clothes that you're going to wear. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you need to do to, like, ease your mind, take some... Free up some space on yeah. your psyche. There's just something so relaxing and just, like the little things you do to take care of yourself. Yes. You know, like, it's, I mean, it's just hygiene, but just, like, washing my face and having that, like, little skincare routine, it's, like, a nice thing to do at the end of the day. It's, like, washing the day away. Yes. Um, Another you know. good thing is stretching. You know, you don't have to call it yoga, but just do some side stretches, some forward bends, mm -hmm. like, release the tension from your neck just with some, like, neck tilt, some mm -hmm. deep breathing. All that stuff can kind of quote-unquote, take off the day Yeah, to help you get ready. You know, we also say no screens an hour before right. bedtime. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, if an hour before bedtime is too much, then you start with five minutes. Like you start with ten yeah. minutes and then build your way up. Half hour is great. And that's no TV, no phone, right. no iPads, no laptops, anything like that. Right. Because that blue light is disrupting and, yeah. you know, I won't get started on the falling asleep to the phone or the TV. I don't know like how people that. do that. Oh, I do it. I'm so dependent on it. Really? Yes. 
and but I turn my phone over so I'm just listening and it's like background noise so mm. I'm just like listening to maybe an episode I've heard 30 million times a lot of times I don't even remember past the intro song really yeah and so I understand that's a crutch and I hate that I have that crutch but I'm working on it and it's I... so effective because you have to understand too like the way that your brain works especially for anxiety like Okay, let's say for all you listeners out there, um, for the next 30 seconds of the podcast, we're going to do a little experiment. And uh, for this experiment, you're not allowed to think about a white bear. Okay, ready? Go. (laughs) Right? Like, hilarious. Yeah. The minute you tell your brain what not to think about, you're inserting that thing into your brain. You're creating the image. You're inserting the thought. So instead, you have to be very deliberate and purposeful about the things that you think. Mm -hmm. So in our previous episode, you said, you know, you can't help those little things that, like, pop up. But you can help, like, okay, what do you do with that next? Are you going to choose to continue down that spiral? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to say, I'm going to think about all the ways that it's going to go right. Yeah. Or I'm going to think about my bedtime routine right now. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to very purposefully focus on this stupid TV show that I'm listening to <laughs> because that's a lot of times this, that's what keeps people up at night of mm-hmm. like they're replaying the day. Yes. They're replaying social interactions that they had. Yes. And that is just, it's terrifying yeah. one and it's all consuming because then there's no end in sight. Yes. One thing with, you know, what, what your thoughts are at the end of the day when you lay down, like replaying the day for me, a lot of times it's, looking into the next day like Uh, what's gonna happen tomorrow it's just like we talked about anxiety is living in the future yes so if like I have a big day the next day or I have a lot to do I I it's so hard sometimes to not think about that and that's where you know the whole that I've noticed that that happens more when I when I didn't have that happened more when I didn't have that nighttime ritual of getting myself ready for bed mm. at this time, doing this at this time, turning the TV off, putting my phone down. Don't look at my phone in bed because that's just going to wake me up even more. Right. Um, I read in bed and I every night I fall asleep reading and then I'll wake up for like a minute and turn my light off and fall back asleep every single night. Which some people might think is weird, but it's... No, that's beautiful because reading is absolutely um, a focus for your brain. Yes. And that's what you need before you're falling asleep at night. You need to give it something to focus on Mm -hmm. because there's no such thing as clearing your mind. Right. You know, meditations that tell you to clear your mind are just garbage. Throw them away (laughs) because what you need is something to focus on and the book... Or the funny TV show or whatever it is. It gives you something to focus on so that your brain doesn't create scenarios to protect yourself. Yeah. Which, okay. So great. So sleep sleep is so important. And I'm glad that we talked about that. Because especially with anxiety experiencers, I won't call them sufferers. (laughs) With anxiety experiencers, sleep is kind of that necessary component. Thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So other techniques. Anything else you've used that helps? Well, um, not everyone, you know, always agrees with this method, but I take Wellbutrin. Yeah. I, I got on medication um, for it. 
when I was in college and you know it takes a while to kick in and that was frustrating in itself but once it did I really realized a huge change so you know as much as I want to like pat myself on the back for overcoming my anxiety I have to say that going to the doctor and getting on medication was huge yes. and I know how important it was because there was a time there for a while that I was I stopped taking the medication because I thought that I didn't need it anymore mm -hmm. because the things that were causing me anxiety were gone so I went off the medication and you know eventually it came back it came roaring back it was awful and I couldn't understand it because I was thinking you know I, I'm not experiencing those things that initially were making me feel this way. So why is it back? It's because it's internal. It's not, it's not, this is, you know, a situation that's giving you anxiety. You have anxiety. It's just in there. And sometimes it just wakes up. So when I went off that medication, it really, really woke the beast. Mm -hmm. um, and so I made the decision to go back to the doctor and get back on it. And it has helped me so so much I big fan of it I noticed um and I and I, and I kind of made a mistake uh I don't know if this was like a year or so ago but I kind of wasn't taking care of myself for a little bit there for whatever reason we all go through those things where we're just kind of like neglecting our mental health for one thing or another maybe it was the holidays and what? it was just super <laughs> no no not us especially <laughs> no. not women for right. sure <laughs> right. um i think maybe it was like the holidays and i think it was just super busy and you know i just didn't refill my prescription and i think it was like 2 weeks that i went without taking it and i was like why am i feeling like this i was like why why am I, what am i worried about i'm not there's the, you know it it just mm -hmm. it came back again and i was like oh my god I've, I, this is, I haven't been taking my medication. How could I be so stupid? Right. <laughs> like, what, what am I thinking? And I went and got it refilled and it, it, it took a little bit to kick in again. Um, but I can't say enough about it. And, you know, some people worry about that chemical dependency. Um, you know, so, someone close to me in my life had, uh, has anxiety really bad and she was on a different medication and the withdrawal effects were just horrendous. Oh, uh, yeah. But she had to get off of it. Um, for, for a couple reasons and that's the downside of, yes. of medication. But I think the long-term effects of it, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would be oh, as okay as I am now sure. if I wasn't still on this. Yes. I, I really, like I said, I, I, I do a lot myself to make sure that I stay mentally healthy, but that, that medication is... Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, I think, very true and relatable for a lot of people. And, you know, we see in research and kind of um, empirical studies that clients have the best outcome when they're combining their medication with counseling or, mm -hmm. you know, their counseling with medication. Mm -hmm. That when people are working on both those sides at once, they have the greatest outcomes in therapy. So I believe it. That being said, also doesn't have to be the case for everybody. Yeah. You know, if you're not on the medication or don't even want to tr go that route, doesn't mean that you can't have great results also. Right. Um, other things that I kind of work with clients on is what we call mindfulness skills. So like we talked about anxiety being living in the future, depression is living in the past. Mindfulness is 
how you attend to and live in the here and the now of like, you know, what are you noticing? Mm -hmm. You know, um, even just really being attuned to your senses. What can you hear? What can you see? What can you smell? You know, those types of things. And this is very helpful when people are experiencing panic attacks, which are just, again, that black hole spiral Mm -hmm. of what if, what if, what if? Mm -hmm. Well, instead, what if we bring it back and say, well, what's wrong with this moment right here, right now? Mm-hmm. And usually that answer is nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so really trying to do whatever you can do to bring yourself back. And a lot of times that's attending to yourself in the moment. Even if that's like, okay, I can feel my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I can feel the floor supporting my feet. Or I can feel the chair underneath me. And mm. I can feel the chair supporting me. You know, I can feel my knee crossed over my other knee. Mm-hmm. I can feel you know, the shirt on my back, you know, or I can taste the coldness of this water, you Mm -hmm. know, just really whatever you can do to bring your attention back here to the here and now, which by the way, for anybody experiencing uh, anxiety or panic panic attacks, always carry water with you Mm -hmm. because just taking a very slow, mindful sip of water, really replenishing the saliva in your mouth turns off the fight or flight response. Because the fight or flight response turns off the saliva making in your mouth. And it says, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> we have to increase heart rate and increase yeah. blood pressure and start the adrenal response and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that we can prepare you to fight or flight. Yeah. So if instead you're taking some good breaths instead of the shallow breaths that you talk about. And then taking a nice long sip of water, holding it in your mouth, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually reverses that fight or flight response. So... Yeah. Fun tip. <laughs> okay, and then the last thing um, that I think is kind of most important is uh, meditation. And so many people are like, oh, God, meditation. Another therapist <laughs> talking about meditation. You're the worst. But, you know, I, I referenced this book by Sarah Wilson, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, which, Sarah Wilson, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I would love to talk to her. Oh my god! Get an email next week. Seriously, I'm going to send it to her. If anybody knows Sarah Wilson, she's from Australia. Let me know. There's Um, only probably about a billion Sarah Wilsons in the world. Jeez. (laughs) So she has an entire chapter about meditation, and she says for anxiety experiencers, meditation is just a non-negotiable. That you have to learn how to flip back and forth between Mm -hmm. this anxiety state and this calm state, and that's what meditation does. Meditation is not meant to get rid of those anxiety thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's actually just practice yeah. for when those anxiety thoughts bubble up that you can kind of exhibit this control in flipping back to calm. Yeah. Whatever that may look like. And I think medication or medication. I think meditation takes different forms. It's not always, you know, what you see on TV where, you know, cross legs, all of of that. Um, For me, meditation, I've tried different kinds, but the one that works the best, and maybe it's not meditation, but for me, it is a form of meditation. Again, going back to the nighttime ritual, when I am falling asleep, I I mean, I I was raised Catholic. Um, I'm not practicing, but I recite the Hail Mary Ooh, and the Our Father yeah. over and over until I fall asleep. Yes. Because it, it again, I guess we can't clear our minds, but it gives my mind something else to focus on besides 
whatever anxious thoughts might enter. That is absolutely a meditation and it's a form of a mantra. And actually this kind of intro meditation that I've learned about recently is called Vedic meditation, V-E-D-I-C. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but that's exactly what it is. Very simply, you have a mantra, whatever that is. You don't worry about your breath. You don't worry about the anxieties or the stresses that come up in your, like that is so normal. But instead, you do 20 minutes and you just repeat your mantra over and over and over again. And I thank you for saying this. Meditation does not have to be you're on your yoga mat with symbols in your hands mm -hmm. and you're connecting your middle fingers and your thumbs. It can be in your Uber ride. It can be when you take five minutes as a break for coffee from work. Mm -hmm. It can be anywhere. And all that time adds up. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have just 20 minutes to sit down and do it, do three minutes here, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever, because it all counts. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I don't have 20 minutes, so it's not worth doing. That's yeah. not the case. So Don't try to go out of your way to do it anyway. Don't give yourself something else to do. Yes, <laughs> right. Give to. yourself something else to do. And just what comes with that is just more excuses yep. to not do it. Exactly. So, yes, very intro level meditation. Find a mantra that you really identify with and enjoy. Find little bits of time in your day and just repeat it over and over again. And don't worry about your breath. Don't worry about the thoughts that come up because all of it is just practice switching back and forth from this anxious state to this mm -hmm. calm state. Yeah. And that's what your brain needs is just more and more practice. Yes. Any last techniques or tips you'd like to share with me <laughs> and the audience? Um, I guess I just really can't stress enough the importance of telling yourself that this when you're going through it if you're if you're just being if you just going through an anxious time or panic attack or whatever the importance of reminding yourself that it's going to pass that it's you're not going to feel like this forever even though it feels like it that in that moment because it's incredibly scary um, and it's incredibly damaging sometimes reminding yourself and I have my sister to thank for this because she's the one who reminded me reminding yourself that you're not going to feel this way forever it's going to pass mm. and you're gonna be okay and then the next time it comes around you'll be fine because yes. you're just gonna say okay well here it comes again but guess what it's gonna be over soon Wow yeah that is that's I Thank you I for can't stress that, that right. enough. I used to have a supervisor that said, you know, maybe telling your clients, hey, you've survived every single anxiety or panic attack that you've had in the past. Yes. You know, absolutely. That this will pass. You're not meant to stay in this forever. And there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Like, even though this stuff comes up, you don't have to rush to this thought or this belief that you're sick in any way or that you need fixing mm -hmm. or that you're wrong or whatever like the the thought and the belief is I am already complete I have all that I need yes. because that higher being or that creator or whatever that is gave all of that to me mm -hmm. and I don't need to look outside myself for those things they are 
all within me. And even this anxiety is a part of me. Right. So I need to find a way to kind of befriend it. Yes. Like, like our little spike here. Turn your weakness into a strength. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erin. You're welcome. I appreciate you sharing everything, and I hope everybody has a great day. Bye.